Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Shea Yenis is a professional goalkeeper and co-captain for the London City Lionesses in the Women's Championship, the second tier of English football. Shea played at the University of Tennessee before starting her professional career at Washington Spirit in the NWSL. The next stops were abroad, trying her luck in Spain before settling in London. She joins us in the midst of an impressive season, several clean sheets and an important promotional battle. Shea opens up about the process of being a keeper, the pressures and mindset needed to succeed, working through mistakes, finding herself on her journey, passions off the field, and so much more. This is Response Over Reaction with Shea Yenes. Shea Yenes, welcome to Footwork. Thank you. Happy to be here. Very nice. So we always start out this way, make your own path. That's the motto here. So in the pursuit of this dream for you to play professionally, you've taken some unique steps that I guess not many would necessarily follow. So what does making your own path mean to you? Um, I would say like just doing everything possible in your life to get you in the best position to get where you want to be. Um, I think for me, that was, I think I was in high school, probably around 15, 16, where like, I I mean, I always loved football and like wanted to be a professional, but turning that dream into a reality didn't really click until I was probably 16 and I started taking it really serious. And then, um, I started going to this like uh, it's called powertrain. It was like the strength training program, and then I really focused on my diet, and I probably exercised too much than I than I needed to. But I knew that's what for me that's what I needed to do in order to make my dreams a reality. Love that. Now, before we dive deeper into your story, a little surface level for the listeners: Who are you? Where were you? And where are you going? So I am. I'm a 25-year-old uh, <laughs> professional now uh, playing in England. Um, I went to school at Tennessee and had the most amazing staff around me, amazing friends, teammates um, who pushed me to be the best I can be. Um, and also making history at my at my college was just amazing achievement. Um Although we didn't win like a national championship or anything, we made history for the program. Um, and I got to do it with my best friends, so can't complain. Um, and then my overall goal, where I want to be, um, you know, is playing in the Super League, playing at the highest level, and hopefully getting um, a national team call up to to Spain one day. Love that. Um, before we go into the now, just to even speak on this Tennessee time. Um, I know you guys kind of one of the, your crowning achievements there was making it to the elite eight and being kind of the underdog, being having that group mentality feeling of us versus them. I'm sure. What did those years do for you in your development as a player and as a person? Yeah, um, like when I first got to college, it, it's obviously a huge, um, it's a huge step, right? Like you, you kind of go in, you're starting at your club level and then all of a sudden you get to college and there's seniors, juniors that are four years older than you who mm-hmm. are probably going to play. And, and that was like 
a huge um thing for me mentally uh to kind of deal with um mm-hmm. i used to be quite a head case uh <laughs> i mean st- still can be sometimes but i've definitely matured in that in that way um i think the staff like one my freshman year they even asked me do you want to be here because i would have a bad training session or say i was i had a bad few reps I would completely lose it and it would ruin the rest of my training session. And, you know, they, they pushed me out of my comfort zone. And then after that freshman year, I came in and I went that summer and I said, something needs to change like for me. And, and then played at like the um, like summer academies that they have. And I I just found something clicked for me and um, I ended up winning the position sophomore year and I mean obviously I was still a bit of a head case but not as bad but um they just pushed me to be the best person I could be and um really cared about my development would do anything to to help me say if I wanted to do more video um and then I think I had teammates around me who also cared about me um as well as the staff so I think that's the most important thing as a developing athlete in general is just having a culture that they care more about the person than the player. Um, And I think that's what's made me who I am today. And staying on that topic of environment, do you have any advice for listeners who might be trying to pick a college or they have options and, and selecting the right one? Um, I would say like, you don't need to go to a college that has like 40 40 players on on the roster you know you need to go somewhere that even if it's not a big school um you want to ask the the teammates um or like say if you're going to college the people who are already there about the culture and how the environment is and if the staff actually cares and reaches out about you if they have things in place such as a um what's it called a not psychiatrist, but a, a sports psychiatrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, say, cause if you do need that help, that there are things in place that can help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's come to the now London city lionesses. You guys are first in the table. I think 10 or so matches to play but coming off a big win on the weekend since uh, the timestamp of recording this. So what is the mindset like around the club in this, this quest for promotion? Yeah, I think I think just uh taking things one game at a time. Um I've been here for this is my third season here and um a lot of the same players have been around and and we've created that culture that you know it's it's player led first. Um like cuz your manager and your staff can say and do anything you want to do but at the end of the day you're the ones on the pitch so you you're the ones that's got to put in the work. And, and get the results like obviously you have tactics and everything but it all comes down to your individual battles and how much you want it for the person next to you and so I think just yeah definitely taking it one game at a time and and being able to respond to adversity uh, when that comes when and how did that team mentality come about and well obviously our manager um Mel Phillips, uh, who who has just gone to Angel City, um, has made a huge impact. And she, when she recruited um, her and the staff, she made sure that the players she recruited recruited were not just a good footballer. Um, they had to be a good person, and that's what's made 
us such a strong and tight-knitted group is that you know we have no drama we all get along great there's no clicks or anything which is which is quite popular in in women's football but um we just have that team first mentality and 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 a great culture and personally how have you attacked the season whether it's taking some things maybe that you've learned from your previous years and then how do you measure yourself in terms of you know setting goals and and setting out to accomplish them yeah i mean um for me obviously i i do want to get um goalkeeper of the year but that's not a priority and mm. if it does happen i i mean fantastic but um i know what i did over the summer um has put me in the best possible place to get that achievement um but again at the end of the day if we win the league and i don't get that i'm completely fine with that and mm. um, because it's all credit to the players in front of me that that's what's paid off um sorry what was the other question <laughs> just like for you setting goals and then like going out to accomplish them like has your process kind of changed throughout the years yeah i would just say um i've become more of a leader and demand yeah. um of demanding more from the players in front of me uh, mm-hmm. as well as myself um you know we have to keep those high standards and even if it's sometimes the drill isn't going well a manager shouldn't have to stop it we should be able to do that upon ourselves like hey guys let's bring it in real quick have a quick chat and checkpoint because right now the quality isn't good enough um so i think definitely just becoming a better leader over these last um two seasons has helped me to like hopefully achieve those goals Footwork.club, the official website for all things footwork, is now live. Check out all Footwork podcast content, including episodes, guest features, and YouTube videos. The Press, a section with written articles, interviews, and blogs from ourselves and guests. Game Time, updates about our season in Germany and what's going on behind the microphone. Want to go pro? Dedicated to helping soccer players follow their dreams with helpful info and our consultation sign-up. That's a free video call with us to connect and ask anything. And of course, the footwork shop. We got some of the best merch around as well as free PDF templates like a CV builder and much more. So join the club at footwork.club. And you've been with the Lionesses now for a few seasons, but this time things are are clearly clicking in terms of results. What does that come down to? I think just honestly, the culture we have and that we want to do it for each other. And we put a lot of hard work and a lot of grit, determination, and because obviously we finished second last year, and we knew that we could have done better. Um, sometimes we drop points to games that we probably shouldn't have dropped points. And I think now we know that what we're capable of, and we know how much talent we have in this group. So it's just putting all, it's kind of just having all the puzzle pieces together now. Yeah, that makes sense. And we've you, we've talked a little bit about the mentality aspects that have kind of grown in your game. But in terms of on the field, especially being in London, I know there's some time in Spain and stuff, but where has your game gone in terms of what levels have you been able to to kind of increase? Yeah, I think um, obviously the, the football culture here in, in America is a bit different. Um, mm-hmm. So I think um, kind of adapting, adapting to that um has demanded more you've got to be a lot better on the ball so I, I've definitely focused a lot on my you know both right 
right and left foot distribution. Um, as well as like, I've always been a good shot stopper, but there's so many other parts of the game that um, are more important, uh, such as your distribution communication, and then just making sure you're always switched on. Like last year I made um, a few mistakes mm-hmm. and, you know, that I, that I've dwelled on, but I think as long as you learn from those mistakes, then that's fine. How do you describe playing in England, living just outside of London, an incredible city, and then you get to wake up every day and work your dream job? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm very grateful to be here. Uh, I mean, it sucks that I'm away from my family. Um, yeah. But last year, they they got to come over twice, which was which was really lovely. Um, and then this year, they'll be coming, I think, in March. Um, awesome. So I do really love when they can, they can come and watch me because... Um, you know, I'm the baby, so <laughs> they yeah. got they got to do what they can. Yeah. But um, obviously, work and stuff gets in the way. Um, I think it's really nice. Um, as a person, to kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone, I think that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you said in Spain, um, that was a huge culture shock to me. Um, obviously, my dad's from Spain, and I I had been there before, but where I was, wasn't the best environment, environment for me. Um, and it was a huge culture shock. Um, and I think that put me out of my comfort zone and helped me learn about what I want in the future, Mm -hmm. as well as, um, you know, in terms of both football and in life. And I think it's really important to be in a, um, area that you like rather than just a football team that you like. And you've mentioned comfort zone a few times now. What is your relationship with getting outside of your comfort zone and knowing the benefits that come with that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, like to be able to push yourself out of your comfort zone and like be comfortable with that. Um, that's where we see the most most growth. Say if we we need to try something, it's kind of just being vulnerable and having an open yeah. mind to everything that you do and not getting too caught up that like, oh, this isn't what I'm used to. And so I'm going to go back in my little shell. Like you need to push yourself out of your current boundaries because you you never know. You might end up loving it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also to to add on to this, I think there is the first step is obviously putting yourself in the situations or realizing when it is, but internalizing it too to know, like, like you said in Spain, knowing okay this is not really what i want or this is the growth pattern this is takes me to that place how what is your process in terms of like um being present and having the ability to kind of see what's going right and what's going wrong and able to kind of fix it or or, or work on it yeah i think for me like journaling helps a lot mm-hmm. um like say if i've had either a bad session or a bad day making sure i write everything out um how i feel and also just talking to my friends, like getting other people's opinions, um, especially some of like the um, mentors in my life. I think that's um, a great benefit to have. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just taking, not getting too caught up in taking things um, one day at a time. Yeah. Right. So this this area, I think, even comes out more in goalkeeping because just even talking with goalkeepers and just thinking about the position there's a lot more pressure on one event 
there's a lot more weight on any one individual play. It's much different from anything else that the, the area in which you can make a mistake, I guess, can either hurt or help the team the most in that one incident. So how do you kind of deal with this weight or is it something that you're able to block out most times during a game? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's key. Um, it's almost being able to take a deep breath and, and still maintain that, that zone that you're in of mm-hmm. taking a d- deep breath, assessing the situation and not just reacting. So it's, it's a response rather than a reaction. Um, I forget what the the theory is, but there's like this thing where you're playing and it's uh, you're in like the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically where you're not thinking about anything you're just doing. And I think being able to to do that and not overthink things puts you in the best place to um, make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a goalkeeper, obviously, like there's a lot that you can just go and run out at but maybe that's not the best decision maybe you need to set back and wait for the picture to change Mm because as you grow like you end up seeing kind of similar pictures and that's what helps you um make the right decision the next play maybe and like like i said i've made a few mistakes last year and this year i i've taken account of that and um make sure that I do my best not to make those same mistakes again. What are some ways you help yourself get into that zone? Um, I mean, it, it is hard. Like sometimes I do get a bit of anxiety in games because I, I want, I don't want to get scored on. I want to um, do, I want, I want that clean sheet. I want to do the best I can, but it's not thinking. I think you can't think about those things. What you need to do is respond to what the game gives you um, and be confident and brave in your decisions. And every every decision we make is probably not going to be the right one. But as long as we can affect something and that we can push the people around us, then that's sound. Yeah. And just like you said, I think the mindset that you approach it with is so important and so key. Instead of having... Because we talk to a lot of players, and and Sean and I have 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 talked about this before too. Personally, sometimes you have this fear of failure. I think it's crucial to have the mindset that you're going in to make the play rather than I won't mess up. Yes. So, have you kind of ever realized in situations of this relationship of going in either way and how it's kind of affected your game? Yeah, I think definitely as I, like when I was a bit younger, um, I never wanted to make a mistake in training nor in games um but like look we're gonna we're human we're gonna make errors but it's how we respond to those mistakes like in a game if you make a mistake you don't have time to dwell on it like you mm. could be, they could be coming down your throats the next play um sometimes I, I think we can get caught up that if we have made a mistake oh we're like oh we're gonna make a big play the next the next one but we can't do that because then that's putting so much pressure on us when in mm-hmm. reality like we don't need to put pressure on ourselves and because that's just going to make us uh, more prone to error yeah and just like you said when you have that if you do make a mistake and you feel like you have to correct it sometimes that can make you overplay you're doing things too much maybe you're coming out on a cross that you usually wouldn't come out on and kind of you're putting your team in jeopardy there so it's like 
this process, I think, is very difficult, and especially as a goalkeeper to, you know, realize after the moment something happens, whether it's, you know, quote unquote, a bad play to forget it and come back to center. But also, I think after the game is a crucial time, too, because you need to learn from it, but you also can't dwell on it. And I think you you spoke a little bit about that. Has anything helped in terms of you analyzing the games and then being able to put it you know, in the shelf, put it away and not think about it again. Yeah. Um, for me, like watching your mistakes is hard, right? But it's yeah. something we have to do. Um, and it's being able to learn and assess those situations. Like my goalkeeper coach always will do video with me and she'll always critique me, but she'll also give me positive um positive clips as well. Um because mm-hmm. we don't want to just dwell on negatives or else your confidence um is just going to go down and down like we need to be able to see things we are doing well too um but for me what helps me like after games um we train the next day and I will always train and especially if if I've had um a bad game mm-hmm. or made a mistake um I'm ready to get after it the next day no matter what because that's I know that's what's going to get me in a better headspace did you always have that mentality or understanding of okay next training day if I do this I'll feel much better yeah I think so like I I when I was younger like sometimes I would um have a bad game and then I'd be in the car journey with my with my parents home and I wouldn't talk to anyone and uh, my dad would try to talk to me and I would just snap at him and now I'm not like that as bad sometimes mm. I'll get um quiet and not want to talk to anyone but sometimes I just need kind of some me time to assess the situation what I've done and realize that there's more to life than football like you cannot if you just focus on football you probably never be happy in your life um like although it like I football is my life I I, there's so much more to it yeah no I think you're 100% right like I think it's so easy to get caught in this like obsession of football, especially when you're trying to make it a dream. But that obsession can turn a little ugly sometimes when, you know, it becomes too much. It becomes you're you're not being able to distance yourself from from a game, whether it's good or bad. I think it's all relative in terms of coming back to a center. Do you have any tips for people like in terms of being able to break away from the game and, and you know, take that necessary mental break from it? Yeah, um, I think find other hobbies, even if it's mm. another sport that you enjoy doing. Um, cause it's also going to help your training as well, but regardless, um, just finding a different headspace that you can get into where you can just enjoy the moment. Um, for me, like I love working out. So that is kind of my, um, other hobby. Um, and, and I, um, I'm a personal trainer as well, so I've just started that, and um, I like being able to have an impact on people's lives. So I think that's quite a good distraction for me. So it's just making sure you have like healthy alternatives to not just mm-hmm. focus on your life and football. Mm-hmm. And how did that um, kind of next to football being a personal trainer? How did that come about, and how has that helped you with football and outside of football? Yeah, so I've just recently started. It's something that I've always been interested in. Um, like when I went to power training in in high school, 
I had some really cool people around me and I said that's what I wanted as well as like athletes training as well and and it was all kind of like high school college um trying to get prepared for college and so it was just being in that kind of environment and you know the people there really cared about you Mm -hmm. and and then in college I had an amazing strength strength coach who was just a amazing person um, who you could go and speak to anytime, regardless of what you had going on. Like if you need to talk about something in life, he would be there to talk about it. And so I think that's what's kind of led me to where I am now and saying like, I want to be able to have an impact on people's lives. Cause as a personal trainer, like you're not just going to sit there and talk about the weights and the reps. Like you, you just start chatting and then next thing you know, you know about their whole life story and, um, I think it's a good outlet for that person you're like your client to have. Um, and it also is a healthy way to like reach their goals. Um, cause you got to make sure that they enjoy it too. So, um, you know, getting in shape should be fun and not just taxing on the body and pushing yourself to the limits. Like they need to enjoy it or they won't stick to it. Absolutely. And I know another thing that's important to you in in this work is this area around holistic health and wellness. So how do you kind of bring those things in um, for clients or for yourself? And why do you think it's so crucial or helpful? Yeah, I think working out will like mentally releases um, or sorry, physically releases all these endorphins in your body that puts yourself in a better um, mental space. Um, Mm. And it's in a great, it's a great outlet to have to say, if you've had a bad day at work, you can completely forget about work and focus on being present. And if they're not, then you can have a conversation like, look, uh, you seem a bit off today. Like, is everything all right? And so I think it's just like, like I said, an outlet to have to help people both mentally, physically, um, because overall, if they, if they start seeing changes and they'll start to get happier yeah and and even after like a workout they'll be like wow i did that like i always make sure to my clients kudos after a workout because they've put in the work like i'm just there to guide them but they're the ones that actually have to do it yeah and i guess there's this association forms between happy feelings and working out which is a great thing to encourage people to come back and to to keep having it as an outlet to have that balance like we said to have that balance to come back to a a a good medium yeah so we talked a little bit about london city we talked a little bit about tennessee i want to talk about this adventure in spain that we kind of talked about um we know you have dual citizenship going for the national team there hopefully in the big goals but what was that adventure like and i know there was some it was a difficult time to make that adventure yeah, um, it was after my time at the, so my rookie season at the Spirit, um, I knew, like, as a goalkeeper, you need to play, that's, you need to learn from the game perspective of things, because you can train all you want, but when you get in the game, it's completely different, Yeah. and there's so many other pictures that you can't replicate in training as, as much as you try, but um, I went to, so my agent got me um, an offer in Spain, um, and I, I did want to go to Spain because my, my obviously my dad's from there, um, and I was on um, I was on a very small city, 
um in a, a very old city so for a young person going there it wasn't ideal um like I did I did grow and I became or yeah I became like willing to to love it mm. but when I first got there I cried as soon as I got to the um where I was staying because yeah. it was it was a little cot like metal frame twin bed that caved in and didn't have sheets on it and they gave me a blanket <sighs> no heat or ac so it was freezing when i got there and tile floors like it just it just wasn't what i imagined going to spain to play yeah. and and then on top of that the, the football wasn't great um, like I was doing somersaults at training and then up into a dive. <laughs> That's when you know. Yeah. And then diving over people. Um, so it was just a big culture change for me, mm-hmm. um, which I, I had to get on with. Like it, yeah. everyone spoke Spanish. I wasn't fluent um, like I could get around, but I, I didn't, I couldn't have like a full on conversation with someone. Um, so I think that also hindered me a bit because I couldn't get out what what I wanted to to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when we were doing somersaults at training, I was I I just felt myself getting worse, and we didn't train till like nine p.m. at night, and so I would go all day not doing anything, and I actually just ended up signing up to online grad school because. I needed something to do with my time or else I knew that I was going to be in a really bad headspace because I'm not someone that can just sit around all day and mm. then go to training at night. Like I need to be feeling like I'm doing something and being productive. And so I guess in the grand scheme of things, I signed up to grad school, got my master's. So I guess that's a positive. Yeah. yeah. There's always silver linings in this. It's yeah. funny. Like when you, when you're talking about like the mattress and having the one sheet, Sean and I are, smiling a little bit not because it's like just because we've heard these stories and we've been through similar things we've been through it exactly the expectations and then the reality don't match up and it happens in so many people's especially footballers and so many times like especially early in that journey and it's so crucial to kind of work past these and not let these define your route to a to be a professional because it could have been very easy to just call it there and just be like okay like i'm gonna go work on you know, what I studied in college and, you know, everything, this is just too much for me. What if everything's like this, but it's realizing in that moment to obviously try and make the best of it, which you did, you signed up for online grad. Was your online grad in, in health and wellness too, or was it something different? Um, it was exercise science. So, yeah. Okay. So it even brought you more into this circle. So there's another yeah. silver lining, but yeah, I mean, did you have those feelings like on this route to being a professional, like this isn't what I signed up for. Like maybe this isn't my calling. Yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily. I just knew that I needed to get through the, cause I went in the January transfer window. So I was like, mm-hmm. I just need to get through these few months and then yeah. I can, can reassess. But I think it was a good thing to happen. Um, as it taught me a lot about what I want in the future and what, what the questions I need to ask um, going overseas the next time. And because it, like it's your first first time going overseas, you don't you don't know what it's like. Like at that point, I had only really played in America, so um, I definitely just learned like taught me a lot about what I need to ask 
and mm-hmm. my agent or the club when I have a conversation with them about what the living situation's like, what's the area like, um, are there things to do? Is there a car? Um, yeah, so just learning kind of what you want for the future that that this isn't bad right now, but now I know what I want. Right. And how did you handle that? The the communication aspect you mentioned, you couldn't really converse with your teammates as much as you'd like to. And it's very easy in these situations to just go into your shell and, and not speak to anybody. Yeah, luckily, there were um, two other Americans on the team. Um, so we I would go and chat to them. Um, and then we took Spanish lessons. And like, because I know how to speak it. But it's when you're when you're there, and they speak so fast, like it's yeah. very hard. Um, and yeah. there's so many different accents that it is hard to pick up. Like um, the light in my room didn't work for about a month. So it was pitch black. And I had this one little like table lamp that didn't even have a lamp. <laughs> like it was one of those old school ones. And I tried to get someone to like my roommates to help me out. Um, so a lot of times I would just Google translate and um, send them a text. Um, and then they would say the guy would come, but then he never came. And then I ended up having to go to the the supermarket by myself and ask them to help me. Like, I was like, the, the light in my room doesn't work. I don't know what to do. Um, and then it was quite nice because then we had a conversation and um, that was me kind of realizing that, oh, I'm actually learning a lot here. Um, mm. I feel more comfortable. And even they were like... Um, oh, your Spanish is quite good. And, you know, that just kind of made you feel like, oh, I am making progress. Um, so I think just making sure there are other um, people, like say, if you don't know the language at all, that you do have other people that speak um, your language or yeah. to it so mm-hmm. that you do have kind of um, a backup plan if you yeah. if you start to feel a bit um unhappy and anxious and and worried yeah absolutely um and you spoke a little bit about kind of realizing what you need in terms of a soccer or a football opportunity but were there some things in these quote unquote darker times there's a pun there because of the uh the no lamp um in these darker times did you in the soul searching, did you figure out some more things about yourself and what you need, um, whether it be for football or for yourself in general? I think just um, being in a place that I could call home. Um, so here I, I have found it, my home. I have, I've made my best friends. Um, like in Spain, I didn't have that, like, Although I like COVID hit so that I, and I was actually only there for three months. So I was quite grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was like COVID and everything, but yeah. Um, Silver linings and everything. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The club had actually terminated our contracts because mm-hmm. um, me and the two other Americans just left without their permission. Cause we were like, this isn't just going to be a two week thing. We want to be home with our families. And at that point, the, us was only taking american citizens and we're like right something's going on so yeah we ended up just they cut our contracts and then we all just left but um i just yeah i think being in a place where you can call home that you've developed 
into a better person and you aren't afraid to, again to step out of that comfort zone but I think you just learn that through going through having those bad yeah. experiences right. to get you where you are now right and your first experience professionally also must have been an amazing experience or learning experience uh, walk us through the events that which took you to the Washington spirit and then what the season meant to you personally yeah so I, I entered the draft um unfortunately didn't get drafted but um on in hindsight um I'm so grateful for that because then I ended up at the Washington sphere I got an invite to preseason and um ended up getting a contract I, I can't remember if it was two or three weeks into preseason um again like I didn't know what to expect I didn't know what the environment was going to be like but when I was there, um, I did get a bit anxious. I was like, well, what if I don't get a contract? Like, what am I going to do if this doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. But then I needed to take a step back and realize that, you know what, it's not the end of the day if this doesn't happen. And I think that's when I started playing better. Um, and then once I got the contract, um, it was an amazing experience. We had an amazing team. Like, even some of the older girls were like, I've never been on a professional team like this because we were all like we did everything together um and that's not something you hear of in the professional game um like we would have movie nights all the time and and all the girls would come over like i had a projector so we would just put it on literally a sheet over the window um and then yeah we would we would just chill together um few of us started bouldering which we probably weren't supposed to do but we would do indoor bouldering um and I don't know how we had this much energy, but somehow you guys brought it out in each other, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like my roommates um, are my best friends. And like, unfortunately, I don't get to see them that often. But when we do, it's just like old times. And yeah, and I learned a lot from Aubrey Bledsoe um, being in front of me. Obviously, she got her national team call up that year and. And she she was like my big sister. She taught me a lot, held me accountable. Um, and she wasn't afraid to ask me questions about what I thought as well. So I felt valued too. Yeah, amazing. Love to hear that. So reflecting on this journey up until this point, what things would you say helped you get to this moment? So in other words, why did Shay make it as a pro? I think I did everything in my power to get me the opportunities that came about. Like I worked hard. I, I studied hard. Um, I put myself in the boss, best possible shape I could. And, and I think that I've just, when I was there, I tried to take things one day at a time, stay present and learn from the different coaches that were around me. And well, I think it all comes down to like what I wanted to do. Um, and that's just, you know, getting yourself in the best possible shape, reflecting on video, reflecting on mistakes, um, and then just having conversations with people to, to help you get to that point, the people who have done it before, and like not being afraid to ask those questions and be vulnerable. Brilliant. And with that, we'll get into some quick fire questions, our fast feet rounds. The favorite player growing up? Um, probably my trainer, Joe Boyden. Okay, awesome. <laughs> favorite moment in football? 
getting to the elite eight with my um, college team. Most difficult moment in football? Uh, probably missing my penalty um, at the SEC tournament. Um, that could have won us the game, but then I ended up going. I knew I had to save it when I went back in, so I went and saved it, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. So just a nice turn wow. of events right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, crazy. Best advice you ever received? Don't let your mistakes define you. Best player you've ever played against and with? Um, probably Bunny Shaw is up there. Um, played played with her um at college, and then against well, I guess with slash against um like in trainings and stuff. Probably either Rose Lavelle or Mal Pugh. Love that. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Um, personal trainer, probably. There <laughs> we go. Nice. <laughs> Favorite book? Uh, probably Pound the Stone. And if it's not different from the advice, is there any, or if it is different from the advice, is there any quote or mantra that you live by? Um, you get out what you put in. Love that. Amazing. Shay, we want to thank you so much for coming on, taking the time. We wish you the best of luck in this promotion push. We'll be watching and... Yeah, thanks again. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, we want to thank Shay for coming on. We want to thank uh, London City Lionesses um, for the partnership there. Uh, amazing what they're doing. You know, it's it's really cool to see a club in, in a promotion push. And just so cool to, to, to hear about Shay's journey, you know, um, the ups and downs. You don't always get to hear about the downs and I think they're they're so crucial because they define the ups and they they help set the stage for a prolonged career. I think sometimes those setbacks, Sean and I have talked about, I think way back on the early episodes, it's like when you get through some of those ones early in your career, it makes all the other ones much easier. And then it it really is like in those times you're like, is this for me? If you got through those tough ones and you're like, yeah, this is for me, like, you know, you're in it for the long haul and in it for the right reasons. So I love to see that from exactly. her, and it's amazing to see where her her journey has taken her. Yeah, when we were speaking about that, I think uh, with her, I I had the thought of like how many, how many players never became a player because of those situations, and then they stopped. Yeah, you know, because almost everyone has at least one of those contracts or situations. Almost everybody. Some are worse than others, but at every level, there's at some point. A situation like this and if you can just get through that you're on the road to success but that is like a very big roadblock particularly in the beginning because for us for example up until that point we didn't know anything yeah. and this is the thought of is this what professional football is like i don't want anything to do with this your sweden story you know i can't get ketchup and barbecue sauce I gotta pick one. <laughs> you know if you can't get through that then, you know, the career never happens. And I, yeah. uh, she obviously got through it. She's doing big things now. They're in first place. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a classic story. And and I think it's after you get through it, it's it's a great experience, actually. It's a crucial story. And it always comes back to the expectations versus reality. And like you said, John, at every single level, it happens. Every yeah. single level. Obviously, sometimes it varies in terms of, you know, how big that difference is between expectations but and reality. But it's relatively speaking, you know, exactly. it happens. 
it's relatively speaking, it's making the best out of that situation and not letting that situation define her career, which she didn't. She knew like she just learned from it, the education she took from it, like, okay, in my next contract, I know like I have to get everything done, 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 get that shit in writing. And Sean and I have gone through similar things like, yeah, all's well and good until like that stuff is in writing and you have until it's not. Yeah, until it's not. (laughs) But just learning from that and learning what it took one to make it mentally into, you know, I'm sure she learned a lot there, too. And but learning how the game can work and how that those things outside the game can work to make sure the next opportunity felt like home. Felt like a new home, like she said, which was very important to her. And London has. Look, she's been there for for three seasons now. Right. And it just seems like it's going up and up. And that yeah. comes from learning from those bad experiences and not letting it define her. So we'll be watching. Uh, make sure you guys catch up with us to, to, to go along with it, too, the promotion push. I mean, what's more exciting than that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even to add on to that, I think those experiences – are so crucial that you almost want to get you almost want to have an experience as soon as possible like instead of waiting for the perfect contract just take take not the maybe necessarily the first one but take one as soon as possible because once you have one you have so much experience and knowledge of okay this is a good thing this is a bad thing i want this i need to look out for this in the contract i need to be have this written down living situations yeah all that going outside the country all of that like you really like they say like uh, you know fail quickly but like yeah. it's not a failure because it's a great experience but like just have that happen as soon as possible and you'll just be on like a faster path to to success just a little waiver like don't actively see like seek no, no, no don't actively possible, seek this exactly, exactly but like don't be afraid to take something because exactly. you know you like you can always get through it and you can always learn from it and you can yeah. always leave and I mean, especially from from people like us who have the privilege of like being able to to leave those situations and come out on the better side. Like that's what it's all about. And yeah, yeah we want to thank Shay again. We want to thank London City again. We'll be watching. Uh, we're going to be posting about their games and stuff too in this promotion push. So make sure you look out for that. Make sure you stay up with that free support, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff. You know, just a couple clicks. I know we all know you're on social media anyway. We see it. We see you there. Yeah, we see. So you just there. throw a throw a like, throw a share, throw a comment. You know, throw a review. Throw a subscribe on YouTube. It all helps. all that stuff. All helps. of it helps. And it's smash free. the like button. It's all free. It's all free, yeah. and we we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, keep all that good stuff going. Players, make sure you're hitting the consultation forms. Connect with us. Um, next transfer window. You know, you want to be setting the stage early, getting stuff. So connect with us, and. Uh, yeah we're killing it 2023 bro 2023 footwork watch out yeah it's amazing until next time keep moving forward keep learning and make your own path footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as kong fitness 
but we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos. Those are great, but more importantly, amazing content for any dream chasers out there. Plug, plug, pass. Tell your friends, your enemies, your mother, your brother, your sister, your pastor, it doesn't matter who. Tell the mailman, your dog, anybody that can listen. Like, subscribe, review, because all of that helps while you're there. We'll take whatever we can get to join the club. Join the club. He messed me up. I mean, he can just, he can just mash it together, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>